Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Hallelujah. In our previous session, I was talking about, we, we, I started to talk about the way. And I explained that the Christian walk, the Christian life, Christianity is referred to as the way in the Bible. So, in fact, as I said, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth and the life. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 2, Bible talks about how Paul or Saul was, verse 1 says, he was breathing out murderous threats against the church. And he went to the high priest and got letters and to other cities and went to Damascus into the synagogues that if he found anyone of, if he found any of them that were of the way, Acts chapter 9 verse 2 says that, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of this way, whether they be men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. So he went for special letters to go and look for anyone who was in the way. Anyone, not in the way, but anyone who was of the way. So Christianity was called of the way. In Acts chapter 19, verse 9, Bible says that when many would not believe, but uh, uh, um, spoke evil of the way. Talking about the spoke evil of Christianity. It, Christianity is... Uh, a relationship with God or Christianity is a lifestyle that people find it so easy to talk against, speak evil against. Very interesting. The best thing that can happen to humanity, the only thing that can make people the best people in their life or, or bring out the best out of people's life is easily spoken against. Not because the people who speak against it are just basically want to be against it, but it's the devil behind it. Satan fears the church. Satan fears Christians. Satan fears Christians believing as Christians. He doesn't bother if you, he will stop you from being a Christian, but if he doesn't succeed, he doesn't bother if you are a wishy-washy, watered down Christian whose work with God is so impoverished and porous. Practically, is a practical atheist. Even though he's a theoretical believer, he's a practical, in practice, the person is an atheist because there's nothing that brings glory to God through your life. It's like you are not a true worshiper. I pray that if you are such a one, may God bring you back on track to the glory of his name in Jesus' name. Amen. So Bible says that they spoke evil of the way. Verse 23 of Acts chapter 19 says that, um, and the same uh, at the same time there arose no small stare about the way, about that way. There was a stare against the way, or about the way. In Acts chapter 24, I actually like that one. Acts 24 verse 14 talks about how, um, he says that in the way which they call a sect, I worship the Father, the Father, the God of our fathers. Uh, in the way which they call a sect, let me read it. Verse 14 of Acts chapter 24. But I confess unto thee that after the way which they call the sect. See, it's not a manner. It's not a manner. It, the whole thing is a way. The Christian life is called the way in the scriptures. Hallelujah. Isn't it not interesting? As soon as you become born again, as soon as you start working with God, God puts you, you are part of the way. You are a member of the way. We are the way. Christianity is a we. Okay, working with God in Christ, we are a we. And we, these, these we folks, we are called the way because Jesus himself is the way. And um, in fact, in Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17, he says that I am the Lord who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way that you should go. I lead you in the way. Thou, he said, for he makes me to, uh, he leadeth me beside the still waters. No, for his name's sake, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Psalm 23. No, God leads me, thou leads me. You lead me in the paths. It's like in the way. So there is, Christianity is just 
a way, is the way, is the, even though it's a manner of life, is a way of life, it is also the way. Christianity is the way. And so when you become a Christian, you have actually come into the way. And then from there, you begin to thrive. You begin to progress. I'm talking to, to today, I will attempt to talk about, or I'm, I'm attempting to talk about how to progress, how to thrive, how to be effective, how to do well, particularly. How, doing well in the, way, in the way, how to do well in the way. You will do well. You will do well. Now, when we talk about the way, it encompasses how God brings us into Christ, how God brings us into himself, and how he helps us and we live within what we have come into. So it's not like just bringing, being brought into something and being left to do your own thing. No, there, there, there are guidelines and there are ways. There is a way. He is part of us to make us true worshipers eternally, perpetually. So it's not like, okay, I've now started going to church and does it. Actually, I go and take a box. No, it's not about taking a box. It's about changing an, an entire constitution of your being, you, the entire disposition of your of your life, your entire constitution has been transformed, not just reformed, but transformed, has been metamorphosized, has been changed completely. And so Bible talks about we are being transformed into the same image. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. We all with an unveiled faces as in a glass or in a mirror, beholding as in a mirror, are being changed, are being transformed into the same into the same image from glory to glory. So Romans chapter twelve, verse uh, uh, one. I beseech you, therefore, uh, that be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed. So we are being transformed. So once you come in, it is not the end. It is actually, watch this, it is actually the beginning. As soon as you become a bona fide true Christian, worshipping the Father in spirit and in truth, it becomes the beginning. Now, my focus today is how if you do well in these beginnings you have begun. In what, there are people who start to say, there are people who have been Christian for Christians for many years and there's nothing to show for their Christian claims. They are likely to hear Jesus say that, away from me, thou wicked, lazy and wicked, slothful servant. Matthew chapter 25, verse 27 to 29. Away from me into outer, take him and bound him to put him into outer darkness. In Luke, he says that, I think Luke chapter 12, he that knows his master's will and does not do it, will be beaten with, verse 47, 48, will be beaten with many blows. One translation said many stripes. Another translation said many blows. You know your master's will and you didn't do it. You knew what God wanted you to do. You didn't do it. He said, yeah, it should be on the screen. You'll be, you'll be beaten, beaten with many blows. That will not be your testimony. And it's not this earth. When everything is done, when you can't, you can't change the past, you'll be beaten because God gave you opportunity to salvage the life that the Bible talks about in First Timothy, First Peter chapter one verse eighteen, the corrupt life that we uh, the, we have inherited from our fathers, something like that. You know, the tradition, the corruption, and the tradition we have. He has saved us from that. So if he has saved us and you choose to continue in it and not do his will, you will surely be faced with beating, many stripes and many blows. That will not be your testimony. May we all receive grace to run the race effectively. That's why Paul could say, I have, have, have uh, fought a good fight. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. This is very important. Fight and fight to the end. Finish and by the end you must keep your faith. He says that nevertheless, none, Acts chapter 20 verse 24, nevertheless, none of these things move me, neither do I count my life dear unto me. Why? That I might finish my course with joy. Finish well. May you, may you finish well. 
May you receive grace to finish well. May you receive grace as you have started well. Continue well and to finish well. May, Bible says that he that will endure to the end, the same shall be saved. He that is who endure to the Matthew chapter 13, 21, the same shall be saved. Bible says that the end of a thing is better than the beginning. So how you end, how your Christian life pans out, after now that you have you are married, now that you have had a child, now that you have finished uni, now that you have started your own business, now that you have become a pastor, now that you have become a church leader, now that you have become an active chorister or praise and worship leader, now that you have become a musician, now that you have become successful, now that you have money, now that you bought your own house, now that you are not in need of anything, we will see how your Christian life is going to turn out. That's why today's teaching is so important because you need to be consistent. Bible says that for you have need of patience. You have need of patience that after you have persevered, Hebrews 10, 30, I think 35 or 36, that you obtain, after you have persevered, you obtain a reward. You, you have need of patience. You, patience does not mean waiting. Patience means the ability to remain consistent with God's word in spite of the negatives and the positives, the ups and downs. You remain consistent. Be steadfast and unmovable. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 15. Be be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor will not be in vain or your labor in the Lord is not in vain or will not be in vain in the Lord. You, it requires consistency, steadfastness. But watch this. Being in the way requires consistency and steadfastness. However, this kind of steadfast... Oh, thank you, Jesus. This kind of steadfastness does not come purely because you want. It comes fundamentally due to certain principles that must be in place. And that is what I want to take the next few minutes to talk about consistency, how to remain consistent, how to do well in the way you will do well. In first in Galatians chapter five verse seven, he said you were you started well, you were running well. Who cutting on you that you shouldn't run well? You started well. My, I always want to encourage my Christian brothers and sisters, do not let your Christian life go down. There's a great high propensity, even in these times of um, uh, citywide lockdown around the world. It's likely. It's, there's a high propensity that now you begin to compromise and do things that you, have, you are even beginning to surprise yourself. If people find out, your church brothers and sisters, if they find out what you are doing, Hey, brother, it's not good. Oh. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm praying that you believe God to come out of it quickly. Come out of it before we come out of the COVID-19 lockdown. <laughs> come out of it. And receive grace to come out of the quagmire you find yourself in. Receive grace to come out of the shackles you have found yourself in. Receive grace to come out of the mess you have found yourself in. Receive grace. The fact that we are not having general gatherings does not mean that your spiritual work should plummet. I pray that you, you receive grace to begin to ascend, to begin to do well, to begin to do well in the name of Jesus. Your spiritual work will not be sick, will not be diseased, but your, may your spiritual work receive strength, receive health, soundness in the mighty name of Jesus. As I said in the previous teaching, that the full spectrum of God's salvation are in four ways. Number one, how God works himself into us via the redemption of Christ and the anointing or the supply of the Holy Spirit. And then number two, how we partake of the divine nature. We partake of the nature of God. One, we partake, two, we partake of the nature of God and, and actually enjoy God. Number three, how we genuinely or worship God in the spirit through enjoying him. There's no way you can worship God in the spirit without enjoying him. That is why joy is so important. Romans chapter 4, 14 verse 17, it says that righteousness, peace, and joy 
in the Holy Spirit. That is the kingdom of God. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. You have to, Bible says in Psalm 100, I think verse 4, serve the Lord with gladness. Verse 1, make a joyful noise. There must be joy. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, I think verse 47, it says that because you, see, you did not serve the Lord with gladness for the abundance of all things. So God wants us to serve him with gladness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, is it chapter 8 or chapter 9? I think chapter 9, it says that God loves a cheerful giver, verse 6. God, verse 6 and 7, somewhere there. God loves a cheerful giver, joyful giver. You are doing it with delight. You are, David said, my heart, uh, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants after thee. Psalm 42, verse 1. In Psalm 63, it says that, Oh Lord, my soul thirsts for you. Early in the morning will I rise up and seek you. I love you. I desire to be in your presence. David said that, uh, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go. Psalm, 22, uh, Psalm 18, 22. So let us go into the house of God. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. So we serve God with gladness. So the point is, you can never worship the Father in spirit and in truth if you don't enjoy him. So God did not call us to come and do for him first. He called us to come and enjoy him. And as you enjoy him, out of the abundance, out of the overflow, in Psalm 45, said, my heart overflows with the matter. Out of the overflow of the richness of God in you and your enjoyment of God, you begin to do things. You begin to serve him. You begin to build the church. You begin to invest your life into his, his assignment, his purpose, his plan, his program. And you do it joyfully. So even in the midst of pain, in the midst of difficulties, the joy of the Lord becomes your strength to be able to do what God has called you to do. May that joy be our portion today through the word of God in the mighty name of Jesus. So <laughs> the, the third one is how we, um, first one, God works himself in us. Second one, how we partake of him. Third one, how we worship him in spirit through following Jesus, even in the midst of persecutions and difficulties. And the fourth one is how people, the believers, the way, so it's all the way he works himself into us, the way we um, we partake of him, the way we worship him in spirit and in truth, and then the way believers are brought into the church and built up to be the body of Christ for his testimony. So we are built to be the body of Christ for his testimony. We are the candle, uh, we are the lamp stands. The church is the lamp stand of Christ. So Christ is the lamp and we are the lamp. Revelations chapter 2 verse 4, he said, if you don't repent, I'll come and take away the lamp stand. In Revelation chapter 2, chapter 1 verse 20, he said that, verse 20 to 21, 22, he said, the lamp stands which you saw, the lamp stand is the church. So in the middle, when I turn, verse 13 for Revelation chapter 1, when I turn, I saw, I, I, then I turn verse 12, and I saw the, the, the lampstand. And in the midst of the lampstand, there was one like the Son of Man. So he saw the Son of Man, where was he? In the midst of the lampstand. And in the verse 20, 21, he said, the lampstand is the churches. So the lampstand is the churches. And he said, if you fail to bear a testimony for me, if you don't do well, if you don't repent and come back to your first love, I will come and take away your opportunity to shine for me. I'll take away the lampstand. You will not be a platform for me to shine and affect the impact the world. That's a serious thing. So the church, we are we are to be the testimony of Christ. Hallelujah. He said, I was put in prison. I, John, Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. I, John, I was in prison for the testimony, the testimony of the Lord. So we are called to be his testimony, his witnesses. For ye and ye shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and Judea. You shall be my witnesses. So we are supposed to bear his testimony. We are supposed to be his testimony bearer. And the way we do all these things is all inclusive in what is called the way. The way he works himself into us, the way we enjoy him and uh, be part of him, the way we worship him in spirit, and the way 
believers are brought and are built into the church for his testimony. All this is the way. It's called the way. Now, I want to focus more when believers are brought into the church now to be his testimony, to be the body of Christ. There is the need for certain aspects, certain things to take place so they can do well. Now, watch this. In, um, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. The Bible says that, Who, talking about God, excuse me, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth? It's very important. He said, God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's very significant. Very significant. God wants all men to be saved, but not just that. He wants the people who are saved to come to the knowledge of the truth. So salvation is the start, but it's not the end. It's the beginning of a journey called the way. Look at, I'll come back to First um, Timothy, but I want to read something from Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 2. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says that, and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Many shall follow their pernicious ways. See, this is talking about, you notice that it's talking about two ways. Pernicious ways, distorted ways, and, um, and let me see if the NIV puts it differently. First Peter, Second Peter chapter 2, verse 2, NIV says that many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. All right. So the, the, the Bible calls the way, the way of truth. But there is this pernicious way that people can live the way of truth and end up on. So the... Um, um, yeah, many shall follow their pernicious ways, harmful ways. It's not helpful. So it's a distorted way. It's, a, it's not the right way. So now, instead of being on the way of truth, so right here we can see the Bible calls the way, the way of truth. And this is what I'm going to focus on more. But the way of truth is also um, there are different ways it's referred to. It, it's the same thing. It means the same thing. It's the way is the way of truth. So the way of truth, look at verse 15. In first Peter, Second Peter chapter 2, verse 15, it says that, which have forsaken the right way. When you read, I think the NIV again, it doesn't use the right way. I like the way NIV uses it. The New International Version uses um, the straight way. Verse 15 of Second Peter chapter 2, it says that they have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, to follow the way of Balaam, son of Bezer, who loved the wages of wickedness, the benefits of wrongdoing. The benefits of wrongdoing is what they preferred. They preferred that because they the way of Balaam is the way that puts benefit and gain above the way of God, the straight way. So Bible says that people will leave the straight way. Will, another way, another word for the straight way is the right way. So people will leave the straight way. They will forsake the straight way and follow the way of Balaam. And the way of Balaam is based on Opportunity and benefits and gain. Gain. What I'm getting, I'm getting this, I'm getting this, I'm getting this, I'm getting this. I pray that your life will not be governed by material gain. Your life will not be governed by opportunity to grab, to grab, to get, to, to, to make you the center of your life. When you become... When we become the center of our lives, then gain becomes the pursuit of our lives. 
what we are getting, how people are treating us, how we are feeling. The Bible says that when Eve, in Genesis chapter 3, when Eve saw that the tree was good for food, and it was straight to make one wise, and it was pleasant to the eyes. According to 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, that, was, that is the definition of the worldliness. Definition of worldliness. The pleasures of the eyes, the pride of life, and the, uh, uh, um, the pleasures of the flesh. So Eve saw that what her eyes was watching. Hmm, I like this thing. The tree was good for food. No, you see, Satan, you see, sometimes people think Satan is like, you know, sometimes when they draw, when you go to some of the old ancient cathedrals, you see strange creatures drawn on those pillars. And sometimes when you see the picture of the devil, it is like um, some ugly creature with horns and with uh, fangs and all kinds of strange looking, uh, which anybody who sees will fear and run away. If that's how the devil looks like, it's, it's, very good. it's going to be very difficult for him to tempt, tempt you. Because you can't be tempted by that, that which is not attractive. That which is not attractive. How many, how many people would you see that they are being tempted by dog food? They go to the supermarket, go and steal dog food to eat. No, they will steal bread. They will steal something. How many will see that? In fact, I heard a story. I heard a story about a certain man. He's very an elderly man, but very rich, very well wealthy, and he was not well. And the doctor, when he went to hospital, the doctor said he's been too inactive. So he needs some exercise. So he needs to be able to run and, I mean, keep fit. So he signed on to a certain uh, fit-keeping organization or whatever. And then they sent him a personal trainer. They said, okay, on this date, they appoint, gave an appointment, a personal trainer will come. And when the personal trainer came, it was a very gorgeous, very young lady in her prime, looked very beautiful and stunning. And he told the man, the man said, wow, what are you coming? He said, I'm your trainer. He said, what? You are my trainer? Ah, there's no way I won't do this training. No, I will do this training. You are my trainer. This company, that's why I like, I like this company. I'm happy you are here. He said, so how are we going to start, start the training? And so it's easy. I'm going to, you just have to keep chasing me till you, if you grab me, you can, you can I'll be yours. You can have me if you can catch me. So the man, so that's how every time, then the woman will be running, the man will be running after him, after her, running after her. And then by so doing, because of what was ahead of her, his fishing was making him run and run. So he kept running and running. And then every day the woman will come, the, the pointed the woman will come and they'll do maybe one or two hours of exercise, but it's all about running. Try and catch me, you can't catch me because she, she can run fast. Now, when the man began to get strength or be, be, became, became stronger and could run faster, he starts running and almost catching up with the lady. The next time they change the, the lady trainer. And guess what? They brought a very old woman looking very, very strange and funny. And they said, what are you coming to do here? He said, my assignment is one. I'm going to run after you. If I catch you, I'm going to have you. <laughs> so the man was forced to have to run. So he kept running. That This woman don't have to catch me. What am I trying to say? Nobody runs after things that are not attractive. That is why your biggest temptation is that girl. Hey! Yeah, that nice girl in your office. That nice girl in the choir. <laughs> yes. If they want to tempt you, they'll bring you nice girl to tempt you. Yes. Yes, you won't be watching all very old ladies doing pornography. You won't watch it. You watch nice ones. Hey, I think on page three or something like that. Hot babes. That's what they'll come and say because it's nice. Satan is behind the nice ones. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. That nice man. That handsome looking man. You like that one? That's what Satan will use to tempt you. That, that, that shoe you are planning to get. 
that money you want to get, you want to buy this and you want to get this, that desire for that, when you get this, it will be nice. Satan is always behind nice things. So when they paint Satan as a caricature, the reason why those days, say, when you go to, when you see all these buildings, especially church buildings, but cathedrals, you what? Go to Westminster and look at the cathedral. You will see most of the time some strange looking creatures. Why must, what is this doing on church? One of the philosophy behind that is that they are spiting the devil. They, they used to paint the devil as a rough and ugly creature. So one, to ward off demons, you see the way you are, you are not permitted here, you can't come in. Or, and then two, they painted demons in the medieval times, they painted demons and the devil as a very strange looking animal or something to spite his pride because Satan is proud. And when you paint him in that way, he's not happy at all. So theology, there was a theological and a philosophical reason. And now it became like standard. Every ugly thing is the devil. No, the devil is sometimes he hides behind nice things. Nice things, he will hide behind it. And so he can grab you because if it's not nice, it will not tempt you. Now, the way of Balaam is the way that is very attractive. The way to make gain for you in spite of what God is saying. Now, so it, they didn't go the straight way, they went the way of Balaam. Everybody, when you become a Christian, the way of Balaam will be beckoning, will be calling, hello, come on, hello, why don't you try this? Just once, just once, only once, only once. You don't have to, oh, come on, you can't believe everything they are saying in church like that. No, who, who can practice this? Oh, come on, for goodness, you are a human being. You have feelings now, you have feelings. Don't, don't worry, God will understand. Hey! You are trading your destiny for pleasure now. You are selling your birthright like Esau, and you may never recover. Some you go, but this person did it, and he was okay. Oh, you are not that this person. You are not that this person. Samson went to prostitutes. He got away with it. But Delilah was a different type of woman. Delilah was not for sale, but she was an assignment in the life of Sam. You never know when you meet Delilah. So it's always better to be like Samuel. But just in case you be like a David, come back to God, repent, and keep going. It's very important because with God, there is room for improvement. So the way of Balaam, so the, we have the way of Balaam, so the straight way. So I spoke about the way, the, the way of truth, the straight way. And look at verse 21. Verse 21 says that, for, if, for, sorry, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. So now we see it is also called the way of righteousness than, than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them. So the way of righteousness, I've mentioned three ways. So the way is called the way of truth. The way of truth is actually, the way is actually called the way of truth. It's also called the ray of, um, the straight way. It's also called the way of righteousness. In Romans chapter 3, in Romans chapter 3 verse, verse 17 says that, the, um, this is New King James Version, says the way of peace they have not known. The way of peace they have not known. And in Luke chapter 1, verse 39, uh, 49, uh, sorry, 79, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 79 says that to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, uh, that sit in darkness and in the shadow of that, to guide our feet in the way of peace. So Romans 3.17 talks about the way of peace. Um, Luke 1, 79 talks about the way of peace. So, so far, I was talking about four or five. The way, which is also same as the way of truth, which is also same as the way of, um, the way of, the, the straight way, which is also same as the way of righteousness. I probably will mention a little bit about the way of righteousness and way of peace, which is also the, the, the way of truth. So way of truth and way of righteousness. I possibly would like to mention a bit more about that. But the way of truth, straight way, way of righteousness, way of peace. In Romans, sorry, in Acts chapter 16, verse 17, we also find out there is the way of salvation. Acts 16, 17. These are the men of God. These are the people who tell us about the way of salvation. So there's the way of salvation. So the way, way of truth, way of, uh, number three, uh, uh, way of, uh, straight way, number four, way of righteousness, number five, way of peace, number six, way of salvation. And then we have the way of the Lord in Acts chapter 18, verse 25, it's a way of God, all right, 1825 is the 
way of God. And then 18.26 is way of the Lord. In, in the same thing is in John chapter 1, verse 23. He said, make straight the way of the Lord. So there's the way of the Lord, Ma of the Lord. Matthew chapter 22, verse 21 or 31. It talks about the, the, the way of God. All right. So we have the way of God, the way of the Lord, the way of righteousness, the way of peace, the way, the, the way of salvation, the, the way of truth, the way. These are all various ways the way is presented, you know, is depicted. So when you read the scriptures, you find out that is the way. Every one of them speaks volumes. For instance, the way of salvation. When you come into Christ, is the only way to be saved, though. Is the way only way to be saved. And the salvation is a holistic salvation, all encompassing, all encompassing salvation. What, that, that means that it's not only aspects of your life, soul, spirit, body. All right, or spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. May the Lord sanctify you holy, spirit, soul, and body. So it's an entire a, a holistic salvation. Bible says that in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25, he is able to save to the uttermost. He's saving completely. He's saving to the uttermost. In Romans chapter 8 verse 20, 32, he said, if he did not spare his only son but gave him up for us all, how much more shall he not with him also freely give us how many things? All things. So it's not only a part of your life, but it's your entire, the entirety of your existence comes under salvation. At the moment, it's always, there are three aspects of salvation. We have, we have been saved in our spirits. We are being saved in our souls and we shall be saved in our bodies. All right. So salvation is the way, is the only way. So Christianity and working with Christ, working with God, being in Christ is the only way. To salvation is the way of salvation for your marriage, way of salvation for your career, way of salvation for your future, way of salvation for your health, way of salvation for your life, your entire life is a way of salvation. It's the way of peace. If you are lacking peace, what is as you are, your life is begging for is Christ. If you are so overly, so stressed, you just don't have peace in your life. What your life is begging for is Christ. He said, come unto me, all you who are, uh, who labor, Matthew chapter 11, verse 27. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Listen to what he didn't say. That means that if you are not laboring and heavy, heavy laden, he has, he's not inviting you. you see, this invitation is specifically to people who are, have labored and are heavy laden. So he said, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Bible says that we stand in peace. Romans chapter 5. It says that for we have peace with God through Christ through what the, uh, the blood of Christ. We have peace with God. So it's the way of peace. Jesus said in John chapter 14, I think 28, he said, peace I give to you. My peace I live with you. Not as the world gives, do I give you. So he said, peace. He said, be of good cheer. You In this world, you shall have great many tribulations, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Don't be anxious for nothing or be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God with thanksgiving. Verse 7 says, and the peace of God that transcends human understanding. The peace of God that doesn't make sense. You are going through all this and yet you have peace. You are going through all this and yet you are looking fresh and you don't look tacky and you don't look aged. You haven't aged. One of the things that bless Christians a lot or one of the signs or one of the benefits of genuine work with God is you don't age very fast. When you walk with God, even your skin looks better. Your skin, the, the texture, your skin texture. You don't age quickly. It's one of the most effective anti-aging uh, aging approach is working with God. Why? Because it gives you an internal peace. There are people who look very glamorous on the outside, but inside is they are like a war zone. They are like a war-torn place. They, they are breaking on the inside. So you see someone looking very wonderful, very intelligent, very cool and collected, but internally, inside is like a war zone. But when the peace of God comes from your inside and it begins to work from your inside out, do you, you understand what I'm saying? It's the peace. It's the way of peace. It's the way of, I pray that may you have peace in your marriage. May you have peace in your body, your, your health. <laughs> may you have peace. 
increase in your family life. All this confusion and commotion every now and then. May I decree peace. Be still. May you have peace in your career, in your pursuit, in your educational pursuit. May you have peace in your mind so you can be able to concentrate and study and have good grace in the name of Jesus Christ. It's the way of peace. But I want to leave the rest and talk briefly, um, mainly about the way of truth. Because truth is what undergets everything. That is why I quoted earlier on 1 Timothy chapter 1, sorry, chapter 2, verse um, First Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 and I'll read verse 7 as well. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 says that who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is very, very significant. God, they're talking about God, all right? For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved, and not just that, and after they are saved, and to, be, and to come to the knowledge. Some translations say to the full knowledge. So you have to come to the knowledge of the truth. That is the only way, the main way to thrive in the way. The means to thrive in the way is coming into the full knowledge of the truth. It's important. Knowing the truth, look at verse 7. Verse 7 of 1 Timothy chapter 2 says that, Whereunto I am, I, I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and I lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. That word verity there means truth. Other translation says in faith and truth. So I am an apostle, uh, so I'm a preacher, a herald, someone who goes to make, make announcements. I'm a herald, I'm an apostle, someone who has been sent to establish and uh, stabilize church. And a teacher, someone who is sent and ordained to help people understand and work in the things of God, to help to understand what the whole plan and the working of God is about. Sometimes it's sad, watch this, that the central truth of God's word, the central truth of this Christian life is not what a lot of people have made it to look like. A lot of people in our generation have really Swayed very far from the truth. So there are people who have become born again or people who have come into church and have, don't have a clue of what church is about. Have a clue of what church is about. Have a clue. The whole, the whole program of God is about the whole scripture, all right? The New Testament program. To understand it very well, one of the key things that will jump out of you, that shows that you are really understanding the New Testament, is the, 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 uh, the, in, the like the, how Christ became flesh, or Christ, your, let me put it this way, it is how Christ is the embodiment of the triune God. Christ is God in the flesh. That is a, the number one cardinal central truth of the New Testament or of the church life. If you get this wrong, a lot of things are going to be are going to suffer in your Christian life. I'm telling you. If you get it wrong, so Christ is the embodiment of God. Anything you have to know about God, you find in Christ. And number 2, the church is the body of Christ. These two these two things I've said are the principal cardinal central and essential truths of the new testament and we grow in it we grow in understanding it as we grow so at every level this must must be an undergirding truth in your christian journey that becomes an overriding ideology if i can use the word ideology in your christian pursuit and your Christ if you get it wrong there's no way you can do well in the faith so doing well in the faith or doing well in the way requires a proper understanding of wholesome ways. Let me put it that way. The Bible uses the word wholesome ways, but I'll come to the wholesome ways. Now, in um, 1 Timothy, 
again chapter chapter 4 verse 3 first timothy chapter um 4 verse 3 it talks about how forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat which god has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth said you can eat this if you are a believer and you know the truth some things are not a problem it's not so much about how you feel how i feel every time listen you can be a crybaby all the time and still not know god properly you can come to church and keep crying and keep crying after you have cried Open your eyes and look into the scripture to know Christ. Or open your ears first to hear teachings that will impact your eyes when you begin to read the Bible. Any Christian work that has not been influenced by the hearing that guides you into seeing Christ in the scripture is is not a proper Christian life. It's not a proper Christian life. That Christian life, that is all about what I'm getting, what I'm, God is doing for me. God, I need a, a blessing. God, I need, bless me, Lord. Bless me, bless me. It is not the proper, it's not the New Testament Christian life. There is a very dangerous and unhealthy, unwholesome aberration or distortion and diversion from the proper, true New Testament Christian life. That is why the church in our times is beginning to lack impact. The church will lack impact if it is it has been strayed out of the, the path and out of the way. The, the way is narrow. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. The narrow way is straight, but narrow. And broad and crooked is the way that leads to hell. A lot of people are in it, but only a few find the narrow way. A few. And we have to walk in that path, walk in that way. So in First Timothy, look at in First Timothy chapter um, four, verse three. I just read that one. And in First Timothy chapter six, thank you, Jesus, verse five. This is very important. It says that perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds. This is very interesting. Perverse disputing of men of corrupt mind, destitute of the truth. Some men are destitute of the truth. They are destitute. What does it mean to be destitute? To be impoverished. What does it mean to be destitute? To be bankrupt. What does it mean to be de- 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 uh, destitute? To be pauperized. What does it mean to be destitute? To be stripped of ability or resources. So it's like you had it, but now you have lost it. You are destitute. You are impoverished. You are pauperized made a pauper you are bankrupt you had it but you are stripped of the truth he said men what this is very interesting he says that perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth when people become (laughs) thank you holy spirit glory to you lord when people become destitute of the truth guess look at the impact the effect destitute of the truth supposing that gain is godliness he said from such redraw yourself is not everybody you can affiliate with there are certain people you have to redraw yourself from because they are they are bankrupt of the truth and they are not willing to learn bankrupt when we talk about the truth i'm not talking about information and facts i'm talking about understanding of the word of God, continuation of the apostolic doctrine, continuation in the, Bible says they continue, Acts chapter 2 verse 42, they continued in the apostles doctrine. What we are doing today in our church, in our churches, in our Christian work, when Peter comes to the church, will he even identify that this is, oh, but that's old, ancient, now we are modern. Modern, but the message is not changed. The message is timeless. In the beginning was the word, the word of God, and the word was God. And in in Hebrews 13, 8, it says that Christ, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, today, and forever. He doesn't change. God doesn't change. The word doesn't change. It doesn't change with time. It doesn't change with culture. It doesn't change with situation. It's the same. But in the modern day, there have been, Satan has managed to divert the focus of many people out away from the truth so there watch i'm about to say something now watch this watch this there are a lot of people who are not interested in the teaching of god's word no 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 you know no. you claim you love god why is it that every time the word of god is being taught you are sleeping you don't have a 
an affinity. You don't have a desire. You don't have an attraction for God's word. Jesus said, I quoted in the last session, Jesus said in Matthew, sorry, in John chapter 8, verse 47, that he said, if, if, whoever belongs to God hears God's word. If you are God's, when his word is coming, it's always a welcome thing. The word of God is not necessarily meant to come and agree with your lifestyle or meant to come and agree with what you expect. The word of God is coming to expose and bring you, expose the the, the word of God, the intentions of God, the will of God, the program of God, the uh, uh, the entire economy of God. The, that's what the word of God is supposed to be. Doing that, revealing it to you by so doing, you are being fed in your spirit and you welcome the word of God. In James chapter 1, I think verse 20 or 21, it says that receive, laying aside all superfluity of naughtiness, let us receive with meekness the engrafted word of God which is able to save your soul. You know, I spoke about your spirit is saved, your Soul, your soul is being saved. The word of God is able to save your soul. We have to welcome the word of God. We have to receive. You remember the five hours I spoke about? You have to receive the word. You have to receive the word. Sometimes the word may not be, it may be cutting you, but that is what God's word is supposed to do. It's supposed to clean you up, polish you, not punish you. God's word is meant to polish you. When, after God has, the word has passed through you, he leaves you as you become a better person after you have had encounters with the true word of God. So there has been a distortion. It says that people destitute, that, that's a strong word, impoverished, destitute of the truth, bankrupt of the truth. Then they suppose that gain is godliness. I've got a new car. That means God is with me. Oh, you don't have a car. You are not prospering. I bought a house. God is with me. All those things, prosperity is not a sign of godliness. Prosperity is not a fundamental sign of godliness. Am I saying prosperity is wrong or is bad? No, 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 no. Please, please don't get me wrong. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. But what I'm saying is that prosperity, oh God, some people, they are, they, they are funny way of putting it. Oh, I want to really get money. So I'll build, I'll do God's work. God, make me a millionaire. So I'll do it. Don't, 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 he won't bother to do that. Whatever you are, if you can dedicate your life to his cause, you won't do it if you get better living. That five pounds you can't give, that five dollars you can't give, that hundred pounds you can't give. Look at how you struggle to give to God and you want him to make you a millionaire, you will cut off. You will run away with kingdom resources. He won't do it. Prove that you are genuine in this time. Prove that your entire life is dedicated to him and anything that comes into your life, whether something comes into your life or leaves your life, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference in how much you love him, how much you are pursuing him, how much you want to be with him, how much you want to sacrifice for him. When you have that kind of heart, God doesn't strike. It's not difficult for heaven to pass resources for the church through your hands. But some people, when resources pass through their hands, they believe it's theirs. theirs. They keep it. They keep it. And you want the next one to be passed through your hands. You are, not, you are joking. God won't do it. No, I'm just telling the truth. No, no, no. I'm, I'm telling the truth. You have sat on God's money. He won't do it. You, I, I, I heard a, pastor, a certain pastor said this. It blessed me so much. You are preparing your will. Have you added the church in your will? What have you left for the church, for, for the building of the church, for the doing, for the... The building of God's way. What have you left for the church? You have, you have, <laughs> and this, this is how the pastor said it. He said, you didn't consider the church or the work of God in your will. You go and meet him. You are coming to heaven. You come and meet him. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to, but this, our claims of we love God, we love God. Most of it is phony. Most of it is just material, uh, me as centered, human centered. Most of it is narcissistic. But I believe that a generation is rising. I believe that a group of people are rising in these days. In these days where people have become so materialistic. Maybe that's one of the blessings of the, of the lockdown. To make people come back to what is basic and important. Not possessions, but po your position in God. Not your possessions, but your position in God is more important. That is why you have all that, but you can't use it because now it's irrelevant. Some people are waking up to the fact that all these things don't save. I told you, the, the way, Christian, the Christian path is the way of salvation. And maybe God is trying to bring your attention to the fact that it's him we need, not money. It's him we need, not job, no house. It's him we need, not what society is trying to detect that. That's what you need for your life to be successful. You got it all and your life was more miserable.
I pray. I'm not saying when you have some things to make your life miserable. But what I'm trying to say is that when your life is hinged around things, when your life, the value of your life is attached to possession and things, you'll be a miserable person. You, you can't be fulfilled. You can't be fulfilled. So that's the point I'm making. So it's the word of truth. Oh, man. Now, whoo. <laughs> All right, let me just take you to second, um, second Timothy. I've got some. Let me just stay on chapter 2 and then try and run up. Run up. Ah. Look, second Timothy chapter 2 verse, hmm, verse 40. Okay, let me go back to first Timothy chapter 6 because there's something that I, I, I've said quite a few things. First Timothy chapter 6 in verse, verse 3, it says that if any man teaches otherwise, if anyone teach otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, wholesome words, what are wholesome words? Words that are, some translation use sound words. So when you read T Timothy and Titus, you are likely to, you're not likely, you will come across a few times this sound word, sound faith, wholesome word, healthy words. So sound words are healthy words. When you say something is wholesome, it means that when it, that thing comes to you, it, it restores health or it brings health. It is health giving. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Some words, the word of God, when it is preached in a certain way in its right context, guess what? It brings health. It's health giving. People, because people, there are a lot of people who are spiritually diseased, spiritually unwell, spiritually sick. What they need is injection, inoculation from the worth of health. Where do you get the worth of health? The worth of health comes from the mouth of the preacher who is true to the context of the scripture, pointing it to Christ and not making the recipients the object or the subject of the message. But Christ must always be the center, the subject of everything in Christianity. Actually, he is the way. And we are his body. He is the embodiment of God and we are the body of Christ. That is the central truth. And anything that goes off this is not wholesome. So any preaching, any teaching that veers away from this center, I'm not saying every preaching must be the same subject, no. But underlining, the underlining to even any Christian song, okay? Christian songs, Gospel songs or Christian, whatever you call it, that does not have this underlining mindset, underlining truth about the church being the body of Christ and Christ being the embodiment of God, the, the, the representation of God, the glory of God, the word of God, whatever Christ, the Christ that is depicted in the scriptures. Anything that veers slightly away has moved out of Christian circles. You've moved out. I don't know. There's some you are thinking that, oh, I am enjoying God. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying. He's making me great. What, what? That's not Christian song. Oh. That's not Christian song in itself. But the songs that speak theology, we have to... Thank you, Jesus. It's about time we start singing our theology and stop singing our excitement. Bare excitement without revelation, without information or insight, without undergirding truth. It's about time we start singing revelation. It's about time we start singing doctrine. We start, we start singing the word. We start singing our theology. Our theology. Oh God, that's why some of the hymns that were written of old, they are so still potent because they sang and they wrote their theology into singing. They sang it and those things are so potent and generations after those songs still carry weight. Some of our modern day songs, they can last for five years, ten years, they are gone because they have lost their, their potency because it's not built on sound word, wholesome words. He says, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm saying some interesting things, brothers and sisters. The church needs to wake up. The church has to wake up. This, this COVID-19 season is the church, for, it is time for the church to do self-evaluation and wake up. Let true believers arise. Let true Christians arise. Let's arise and build the work of God. Let's arise, let's arise. Arise and build, for there is an, a reward ahead. There is an account to give. There is a day of reckoning coming. In Matthew chapter 18, it says the master came and called his servants to give accounts. There is a day of reckoning. Matthew 18, I think 21, 20. 
23. There is a day of reckoning coming. There is a day. Bible says, after a long time, the master returned and called his servants to give account. Matthew, also Matthew chapter 25, verse 28, 21. He called his servants to give account. There is a day coming. There is a day coming. There is a day coming. My brother, my sister, there is a day coming. I want to encourage you that let's receive wholesome words. Wholesome words that will make us be able to walk effectively in the way. Do well in the way. Wholesome words. Let me finish on this. Let me finish, please. Also, watch this. This is a very serious thing I'm about to speak about. He said, if anyone teaches otherwise, there are people who will be teaching, but they are teaching otherwise. That's why you have to be careful who you listen to. Who teaches you the word? Because they can be teaching with genuineness, with, with genuine heart. But guess what? They are teaching otherwise. They, they are not continuing the apostles' doctrine. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If anyone teaches otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the doctrine which accords with godliness. There are some things you can't hear and still stay in sin. Time will not permit me to go on the righteous bit. I'll go on it maybe the next, I'll have to continue on this the next time. But there are some teachings you can't hear and still go and be messing up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or go and be changing figures at work. Go and fight with your husband, or treat your wife, or cheat on your wife. There are some messages, there are some teachings. If you keep hearing it, you, it will affect you. You have to either avoid it, or if it keeps coming to you, it will change the disposition if you're a Christian. Sometimes unbelievers is a different story altogether. That's why it is wrong to try and preach to impress unbelievers, because the word of God doesn't work for them. The only way that it can work, you have to come in the way. Okay, once you come, we preach to unbelievers to come. We preach Christ crucified for them to come. And when they come, we begin to teach them. If you are genuinely born again, you'll find the word of God sweet. All right, let me finish this thing. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Um, wholesome words, even the, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to, to the doctrine which accords with godliness. There's a doctrine that God, anyone who doesn't do that is proud, not knowing, uh, sorry, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof comes envy, strife, railings, and, uh, evil semisins, perverse disputings of men of corrupt mind. You see where the things are there from? Deviation from wholesome ways. Now, envy, strife, Perverse disputing, all kinds of disputes of men of corrupt, corrupt minds, corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. Said from such, turn away. Destitute. So when we don't receive wholesome words, it begins to impact on the truth that comes to work in our lives. The truth. The truth is delivered through wholesome ways, through healthy ways, through wholesome ways. In First Timothy chapter. Um, 1 verse 10, 1st Timothy chapter 1 verse 10 said, For who among, uh, sorry, for whole among us, uh, for among us, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for man, men slayers, for liars, for perjurers, uh, perjured persons, and if, if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, wholesome ways. The law is for this kind of things, wholesome ways, sound doctrine. We must be given to sound doctrine. In uh, uh, this, uh, uh, Lord, I think I will just give you one more or two more in titles and I'll leave it. I'll continue. Uh, thank God for today. In um, Titus chapter 1 verse 9, it says that hold, hold fast the faithful word as he has, he has been taught. Sorry, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able to he, sorry, he may be able by sound doctrine, wholesome word, healthy words, healthy doctrine. Do what? Healthy doctrine, exhort and convince the gainsayers. Now, this is talking about anyone who is going to be a bishop. First, verse 7. For a bishop must be, must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy liquor, but of a, a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast to faithful words, as holding fast to faithful as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound 
doctrine by healthy words. So a, a, a bishop, a man of God must be able to hold on to faithful words so that you can, by sound doctrine, instruct others. It takes sound speaking, healthy. There are some words when it's spoken from God's word, when it's spoken, guess what? It brings healing. It brings, I'm not talking just about physical healing. I'm talking about the spiritual disease in many people's life. You need a certain type of word of God to heal you. So you can stop, you can stop that direction. People, oh, I can't wait to go to the next bit, next week, uh, uh, the next session. It's going to be powerful. I'm going to talk about the things the devil does to to, to give people, some words are like gangrene, gangrene. Gangrene is a dead, localized death. A part of your body is dead. Blood can flow, is dead. Gangrene is like a cancer. Gangrene. There are words that bring gangrene. There are words that bring perversion. There are words that bring strife. That I'm going to teach you in the next session. All right? But for now, wholesome words. Wholesome words. Every genuine Christian, a man of God, must give himself first to wholesome word and speak healthy words. When I talk about healthy words, I'm not talking about nice sounding words, but I'm talking about sound scripture that elevates Christ and the purpose of Christ in building the church. That's sound word. If you fear of this, you won't do well in the faith. You won't do well in a way. I pray that may God strengthen you and help us all to do well. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Charis Ministries. Stay blessed.